Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Conversations Podcast We thank you for listening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening Once again, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on We hope you enjoyed this episode and we just really, really thank you for all the recurring people that comes back uh, to listen to every podcast We really appreciate you supporting what we do What we're trying to do Just to spread the kingdom message And it's so much appreciated We just can't thank you enough We hope you enjoyed this episode And shalom Hello everyone and welcome to another episode Of the Kingdom Conversations Podcast Wherever you're listening, however you're listening We appreciate you so much for tuning in To this uh, episode of the Kingdom Conversations podcast, and uh, today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Derek Anderson Jr. How are you doing today, Derek? Man, I'm good as always. Um, out here trying to just spread the message of the kingdom and do what I've been called to do. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing good, and I understand. I understand. You know the. Um, the older we get, the wiser we get, the more we trust and depend on Elohim, the more he can trust us with, you know, many different things to do. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I've been seeing a lot lately is um, how much Elohim really wants you to be able to manage uh, all the different things that you're doing. You know, we in our lives, we both have, you know, family um, trying to run our own business at the same time of, you know, working uh, full time with um, another job and, you know, ministry and all these different things. It's um, a task uh, in the beginning when you're first learning about, you know, how to manage and keep all these things uh, in check and give them all the attention that they need. Uh, but once again, I just really thank the the ministry and the pastor and the shepherd that we have uh, with the knowledge and everything that he's given, um, it makes the, you know, him trying to guide us, it makes it so much easier uh, to see someone who's actually living it and at the same time someone who knows exactly in the word to take you and teach you and show you how to do these things. So, Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, management has been a huge, 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 I just say the teaching of management has been a huge blessing to my life and I'm sure my family's life. Because that's something that I wasn't taught growing up. And uh, and scripture actually even talks about managing um, the little things. If you manage the little things, you know, Elohim can then trust you to manage more. Um, but that's just something I wasn't taught growing up in church. And it was a direct reflection, especially like in college. Um, I know we both can uh, attest to that when it comes to, uh, let me say, I can attest to that when it comes to mismanaging like coursework in college. Um, and then once I, like at the end, let me see, right before I graduated, that was when I got born again and then started coming to the knowledge of the truth. And then that was when I started learning about management. But before that, I just, I took everything for granted, didn't take care of anything. And like you say, trying to be an entrepreneur, it's almost impossible to do all these things and not be a good manager. And, and one thing that we know about the father is that he is, uh, I guess you would say, a, a, a god or a deity. Um, but Elohim is all about order. That's what he's about. And we see it all throughout scripture how order really helped the, um, 
children of Israel get to where they were going. It just didn't happen um, any type of way. There were things that they had to grow through, go through in a process, and they live by principles. Yes, man. Principles is is one thing that um, everyone needs to learn. You know, to get that solid foundation and you know solid principles and precepts that when you learn those, they carry over into every stage in life, every area of life. Um, to get those statutes in you that you know always stand, they never fade away, they never change. Um, and when you get those, and you you know life becomes so much clearer it becomes so much easier you know uh when you really truly figure out your purpose you know you know exactly where you're going so you know what not to get into what not to do you know how not to do things you know and things like that so yeah um totally agree and <laughs> it's funny you talked about the, uh, your time when you was uh graduating when you first got born again and stuff like that you know my time actually graduating also was like a pretty pretty it was a time where a lot of going like i guess you know i can kind of talk about the teaching we're getting now in our ministry but uh it was definitely a transition it was a lot of things going on at that time that you know i was having a hard time managing and you know it was a change that was happening that you know i didn't plan and that change you know I was a victim of change instead of, you know, um, a creator of change. No, it's good um, that you're able to acknowledge that because one thing that some people fail to do is, is realize, you know, where they messed up. There, You know, you have people going through their life trying to figure out where is it that I could have done better because we don't know everything. You know, it, it really takes... Um, time in order to grow i mean i know that you know you and i both are both going at, growing at a rapid rate and that's for a whole nother reason that we, <laughs> we'll probably get into one day um but one thing about growth is just um it takes time i mean uh you know when a baby comes forward it doesn't come out um you know six feet tall 170 pounds a baby starts <clears throat> starts out at least um, you know a couple of pounds, and it has to take years for a child to grow. So that's something we look at. You know, in scripture it talks about compares us to uh, trees, and you know, trees grow over time and they produce fruit. Um, so no, it's great that, like I was saying, that that you can see that um, because many people. Will continue to do the same thing over and over and over and just always messing up and it, you know if <laughs> if we look at the definition for insane definition of insane is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results um but you know as kingdom citizens we have with having the holy spirit in us that's supposed to teach us and guide us into all truth. That's who we are to adhere to. And the Holy Spirit doesn't wish for us to be ignorant because, you know, the, uh, in the scripture, it says he wished for all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And what's happening a lot of times. And oh, my gosh, I could get into this. If you allow me. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Can I go ahead and drop a topic? Go ahead, man. <laughs> OK, um, I was talking to. To, I was talking to uh, two of my friends and 
they were talking about how, you know, we can be saved on our deathbeds. Like, as long as we confess that uh, Yeshua, we repent, confess that Yeshua is Lord, uh, then we'll be saved. That's all you got to do. We don't have to, uh, you know, go to church and do all this and uh, spend time in the Word. As long as we can believe that Yeshua um, is, like I said, is Lord, and you do that on your deathbed, you know, uh, they were saying that the Father know your heart, he know that you repent, that you meant it, and you'll go to heaven. And they both believed that that was okay. And I'm like, growing up, I'm like that. I believe the same thing. Like, why, you know, live for the Father when I can do what I want now and just repent on my deathbed? But now I realize. <laughs> Like it's that's not really, really a dangerous. <laughs> that's a dangerous mindset because nobody exactly. has control over how they die. Right. It it, it is, and it's very uh, boastful. And um, is it in the book of James? I can't remember uh, entirely, but it talks about um, not knowing what your life would be like tomorrow. Saying you're going to do this or going to do that. If you're saying within yourself that you're going to wait to the last minute then. I mean, you're basically trying to be your own God and trying to control your own, I guess you would say, your own destiny. Um, but like you are saying, that is very risky. And then one thing that one of my friends said was that, you know, Elohim knows your heart. And I was like, that's a very dangerous statement because that means he knows... <sighs> this is my thing right here. Let me get to this. If you really want to live for him and be born again, and you have knowledge of how to um, be saved, be born again, why would you want to wait to your deathbed if you really did want to leave, live for him? Because uh, scripture talks about the kingdom has to be pressed into. It talks about how we're ambassadors, that we're representatives, that uh, those uh, Yeshua talked about when he came into the world, though there were those that loved the darkness more than light. Um, so I'm like saying all that and you saying within yourself that you'll wait to your deathbed, then you're really uh, telling the father to say, hey, I want to live the way I want to live. And um, I'm going to take this chance of repenting on my deathbed because I have no other options. So there's a lot more I could, <laughs> I could say about that because it really does reveal your heart. And another thing I was trying to explain to them um that produces so much weakness. If everybody is doing that, then how do you have mature seasoned believers? How do you, like we talked about growth, how do you have those that have grown if everybody is, is in a weak state? It's ridiculous to me. That's really uh, a doctrine of demons because the enemy is a master uh, deceiver, a master manipulator. And that's definitely just some stuff he'd tell you, you know, like, oh, you can um, live how you want to just, you know, right before you die, you know, on your deathbed, get born again. Well, you know, he's such a deceiver. He'll tell you that you'll believe it. You'll take the bait. You go out here and live this life. You damage you and other people, planting seeds of darkness in the world uh, to continue to grow into these different trees uh, or strongholds, you know, in other people's lives or, you know, depending on what type of stuff you do. But at the end of the day, you're planting, you know, bad seeds. And then, you know, you do all that and he's telling you like, OK, but, you know, it don't matter because in the end, 
you know, uh, you're going to uh, be born again on your deathbed. Well, you know, in the judgment, you will have to see all that again. You know, all that's going to come up again, you know. Yep. Um, and then at the same time, like, he, he, he got you thinking this, and then you die in a car wreck or something. Die instantly. I mean, the devil, he, he's a deceiver like that. You know, he he's it, there's no, you know, he he's not a person that you can sit here and put your trust into. He he's using you every time. You know, I remember um, all the time I would be sitting there. You know, just when I when I was struggling with stopping to um, smoke marijuana. You know, my you know in my spirit I knew it was just wrong. I knew it was wrong, but he would constantly give me these thoughts in my head that would justify me wanting to do uh wrong uh and i'd continue to do it continue to do it and then looking back on it you know um keeping the dude that came back and and it bit me in the butt you know from a situation that happened um with a former friend of mine and i look back on and i'm like this man like he deceived me you know just you know flat out he deceived me you know he tricked me and with a doctrine like that, it never it's never gonna work out for your greater good. Like you, you cannot trust Satan, demons, none of that. None of them. At the end of the day, they're here to ruin you and spread darkness and uh have no light spread in the earth at all. And you're completely right. Um that was something that I was going through. I'm trying to remember what it was, but basically uh, I can't remember what it was. Been living right for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't that. I'm trying to remember all the um the details. But basically it was something that I was struggling with. And I just kept like you were saying, it was the same situation. I kept giving into it. And um it was like it was justification just kept coming, kept coming. But I'm like, no, nah, I can't keep doing this. And uh, I actually had a dream. And in my dream, I called our shepherd. And he told me in my dream <laughs> that I had given in um, to Satan and that I was no longer fighting a good fight of faith. And I was like, that's all the rebuke I need. My, my, my. <laughs> that's one of them dreams you wake up and you just like this this wake up in a cold sweat like can't go back to sleep like i gotta get this right just pray mm-hmm. all night <laughs> yep but yeah so i mean you're right man the old serpent is a master deceiver and he you know he's been doing this for centuries like he he knows what he's doing and one thing that he excuse me he's really done is have people believe that he isn't real you know how yeah to have people believe that he's real because if he if people truly believe there is no Satan, if they truly believe there's no hell then they feel like they can do whatever they want to go to heaven there's you know there's a doctrine going around now the um my wife was just telling me about it Basically, it's like an all-inclusive doctrine where everybody goes to heaven no matter what. And, you know, one of the bigger, biggest pushes of this is uh, Carlton Pearson. Because um, he has his own church where he teaches that we're all saved uh, no matter what. 
Um, and it's, it's like if you continue to teach that, then what's the purpose of even living for Elohim? What's the purpose of following scripture? Like if I can live how I want to live and still go to heaven, why not just do what I want to do? You're telling me basically I can live without consequences. Hey, man, if you have any doctrine that's based off your feelings and not no laws, rules, and regulations, if it's all based off your feelings, get it away from me, man. Like, but that's legalism, though. That's what they're going to say. That's legalism. Man, look, how many times in life, even when you were a child, you go and do something because you felt like it was the right thing, and then um, afterwards you feel horrible about it because you figured out that it was actually wrong. It might have felt right, but it was actually wrong. I mean, we learn this stuff when we kids, but just for you to get over, get older, and then base your faith off that same type of, you know, emotion and doctrine and stuff. Get it away from Hey man, that's dangerous. I, I sit here and I just when you when you think about the type of, you know, uh doctrine that is, uh the type of demons that put them doctrine in people that like, you know, we can all do what we wanna do, and it don't matter at the end of the day, you know, just those emotions that's holding them strong, you know, like, hey man, that's that's some dangerous stuff and that's some scary stuff. And it's going to be, you know, really, really scary when someone continues to live a life like that. And, you know, they die whether where they're going to open their eyes. You know, like it, it makes no sense to have an Elohim who's supposed to govern your life. But he's governing your life off emotion. Like, well, that's no governing then. You know, it's just lawlessness. Do what you want to do. But that's how the world, you know, believes you do what you're passionate about. It's all about what you like, what you love. Uh, I mean, that's what's being pushed out here. Um, don't no judging. I still don't understand that one. But it's a whole lot of that. And I, like I said, I say illegalism because that's what people say. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, if there's no morals defined by scripture, then because the world is constantly changing laws are being passed all the time to agree with the current culture Um, yes there's so much redefining of things yes there is and i'm just thinking like at some point when are people going to wake up and see that this is all a direct product of as you say lawlessness um that you know, people are really breaking. Um, what should I say? I mean, I mean of course, they're, they're breaking the kingdom laws, but they're also outside of Elohim's principles. I mean, when it comes to business, you see a lot of people now being successful because they're operating within kingdom principles that were defined long ago. Um, but after a while, people are just going to see direct uh consequences of all this lawlessness, you know, that's what what really destroyed Rome and you said it many times before was immorality and it just seems like that's what's in America now and it's going to destroy America too yeah I mean when we look at the foundation of America is Greek Roman you know um, a lot of that influence the UK that's just you know a branch off of Rome and those influences are in America today so you know if they have that same foundation 
if they're building their house off the same foundation, I mean, you, you're guaranteed to see stuff going along. I mean, that's the danger of democracy. You know, the people rule. Well, I mean, you know, the people could be swayed or feel some type of way any any day of the week, you know. I mean, it's getting to the point nowadays where you have certain groups and certain, um, you know, uh, people who just, you know, it's it's just seemed like DJ is getting to the point to where someone just wakes up one morning and say, you know what, I feel this way about this thing uh, today. So let me just go out and tweet about it, you know, get some people, you know, to agree with me and stuff like that. And then we just starting a whole new movement. Keep it going. Keep it going. You know, uh, get a community going with it. Get some people with a common union on this ideology that we have. And eventually, if we keep it up, they'll pass a law about it. You know, I mean, it's getting so bad to the point to where, you know, stuff that wasn't even, you know, the redefining that's going on now has gotten so bad to where, like, you can ruin a person's business, ruin their life, you know, uh, strip things away from them because, you know, hey, they're doing something against what we're saying right now is the norm, you know, whatever this is that we redefine. So y'all need to do something about it. And I really think at the end of the day, America is really doing a lot of this stuff because at the end of the day, I mean, hey, uh, if this is going to mess up my business, then, you know, Let's give them what they want. That's just one dude that got to be sacrificed. So we're not going to have our business destroyed or, you know, everything we got going destroyed because, you know, we're going to sit here and agree with this guy. We're just going to sit here and do what's best for business. Right. And that's one thing about America is it's all about the dollar bill, all about the dollar bill. If you trace the money, you find out what's really going on um, because we live in a capitalist nation. And, you know, capitalism I think an English definition just talks about how businesses can make a lot of uh, deciding factors, but what capitalism really is, is capitalizing off of people, um, really spending as little as possible and making the most profit. Um, now, I'm redefining words since they want to. Um, and we saw a lot of that with the the start of America when, you know, they had prisoners of war, which uh, many call slaves, black African slaves that they brought over here. And they basically just worked them to death. It was, you could say, free or cheap labor. And that's what really <clears throat> helped America grow was uh, black African slaves. And it's not like what should I say? That concept just went away of I'm going to make as much money as possible with spending as little as possible in order to gain it, you know? Um, and then I, I even think about work. We were just talking about like work today. Like sometimes it seems like some stuff is just work slavery. I mean, I can't compare it to slavery then because the harsh, harsh conditions that happened then can't be compared to anything today. But it just seems like, you know, a company kind of just owns you. You can't say certain things, post certain things, um, because you're, like you said, you're in um, basically their hands when it comes to them firing you. And, you know, we have the kingdom knowledge. If I get fired from a job, I'm just, uh, Demetrius said this one time, he was, <laughs> he was like, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Well, I think when he talked about him getting fired from, from uh, Steinmark, 
Um, but when people who are not born again, kingdom citizens, when they get fired, they just feel like their life over. They no, no longer have a way of supporting their family. So, I mean, businesses really do control a lot of the people in um, I think it's Acts chapter 19. I hope I'm not getting all over the place. But I think it's Acts chapter 19. I know it's in Acts, but there was this um, this man who knew the apostles were coming to teach. And he had a, a, a business where he built idols. And he did not want the apostles coming to teach about the message of the kingdom because he knew if they uh, spread, continued to spread their message, especially to his workers, that they would no longer work to build idols. So he convinced the people to go against the apostles. He used his business as a platform in order to oppose the kingdom message. Yeah, man. And, you know, the scripture tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, it will make you do think i mean power money all this stuff people have literally sold their souls for these things um and america is just you know look with the at the horrific things they did for land and money you know you was talking about slavery and stuff like that look at the horrific things that they did that they were willing to do just for the uh sustain what they have in america right now and i mean none of these governments last man I mean, none of, none, you look at these governments and, you know, throughout history, I mean, people claim that Rome was, you know, uh, the greatest one of all time, some people say. And even it fell, you know. Uh, I was listening to a Miles Monroe teaching today, and, you know, uh, I forgot the scripture uh, that he quoted, but he was basically saying that those who turn away from, you know, the kingdom, its laws, its precepts, and all that, you know, they'll end up, you know, blind, confused and, you know, all types of stuff. Um, and I mean, the word still stands. And I mean, any country that's going away, any government that's going away from Elohim and, you know, his laws, his principles and his rules, it's going to fail. It's going to fall. It ain't nothing you have to guess about, you know. So that's why we have to continually have our faith in the kingdom and uh, have our faith in the king. And not all this that we see in front of our face right now, these these temporary governments that we see uh, happening right now. And it's a shame to see a lot of the things that you see that have happened to, you know, certain people who put their faith in, you know, the government and stuff like that to take care of them and things like that. I mean, look at some of these veterans who are on the side of the road right now asking for spare change, asking for money. And they would, you know, they're the main ones who fought for this country. But look at the state that they're in now, you know, so I kind of went off with that, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you good, man. It all ties in. One thing that I've just noticed from even just listening to our shepherd when he teaches, it's like even when he goes off on a tangent sometimes, you know, it's for a reason because I listen to it and I'm like, you know, he'll talk about something that's not even pertaining to the message. I'm like, you know, I needed that. Um, so I say that to say, no, nah, it's good. <laughs> Did you have a topic that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, earlier you were talking about growth, and it reminded me of something that Elohim um, told me this week. And um, it's, I ain't going to say funny. It's, 
I looked at it when he uh and I you know uh dwelt on it and meditated on it. He gave it to me, but he told me that you know the people of the world today they try to equate physical maturity with mental maturity, and that's a horrible thing, you know, like to try to equate, you know, you know, the, all the laws and stuff that they have, like if you're 18, you can do this. When you're 21, you can do that. When you're, you know, in some States, you know, they even have it to where when you're 16, you know, you are old enough to consent that you can have sex with another person. So, and you know, look at it like a baby, you know, babies, they mature when you actually think about it pretty quickly physically i mean by the time a baby is just you know nine somewhere from nine to 12 months they're expecting them to walk already and you know when they were first born you know they couldn't do nothing for that they couldn't even reach for something recognize something you know uh they couldn't even crawl you know the most that they could do was cry and wait on you at hand and foot so um it's basically like saying that, okay, as soon as a child uh, starts walking, then you can go ahead and, you know, let them start maybe teaching them how to drive. Or you can maybe, you know, go ahead and let them start, you know, uh, you know, doing certain activities that require your legs or whatever. I mean, they can walk, you know, go ahead and do it. And then you wouldn't say that because, you know, uh, you wouldn't even be able to teach a child the concept of how to drive a car at one year, one years old. You wouldn't be able to, you know, teach a child certain concepts at certain ages. So it seems like I'll just take America, for example. I think it goes back to um, money. You know what I'm saying? That you have it uh, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, just the wickedness of man. And just, you know, they're saying that like 16 and 18, a child is mature enough to say like, hey, you know, uh, you're able to decide whether you want to have sex or not. And I know back, you know, when I was like 16 and all this other stuff, I wasn't mentally mature to do a lot of things. And a lot of that has to do with the parenting skills and, 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 the, and how people, you know, raise their children nowadays. But still, like, I can remember, you know, being 18 and they're saying you're old enough to get tens of thousands of dollars for to go to college for a future that you probably don't, you don't even really know that you, what you want or not. You know, I mean, my goodness, they don't even teach you anything about financial management and then say, hey, let's give you this money. You know, it's like I'm not mature enough to do this. What you're telling me that, you know, I need to do, you know, you look at, you know, buying alcohol and cigarettes and stuff. They're saying, like, oh, OK, you can do this. You could buy cigarettes when you're 18. and You could buy alcohol when you're 21. Like, would you really think a child is mature enough to make those decisions at that age, it, especially how they're being taught in this day and age? You know, and I really think that has to do with like some of that has to do with money, too, because I believe they tax cigarettes very heavily and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, more people going into that industry, pouring their money into it you know, giving big tobacco companies more of their money. And then, you know, when you think of the wickedness of man, I mean, like I said earlier, with giving them the decision to be able to say, hey, you know, you can, you know, make these sexual decisions. Hey, you can go into the porn field, you know, when you're 18. Hey, you can make a lot of money there, you know, go ahead and do it and stuff like that. You know, it's it's just sick to think about how in the world today they try to equate physical maturity with uh mental maturity you know it's it's they don't even take into account the awareness of their child the mental awareness of their child 
uh, when it comes to decisions. They just say, hey, when you get to a certain age, you can do it. And that's horrible in today's world because, um, you know, once again, physical maturity does not equal mental uh, maturity. You said a mouthful, but it was much needed. When you were saying that, because there's a lot of points that I could hit, but one thing that really came to mind was Barashi Genesis 6 and 5. Um, this is NIV. Then Yahweh saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Um, and I believe this was right before the flood. Um, the <clears throat> When Noah and his family um, basically were uh, got on the ark. Um, and one thing about people is that we have to realize by nature we are children of wrath that we are subject to Elohim's judgment um you know just by being born into this world um it talks about that we're born into sin that we are born with a sin nature so <clears throat> everything that we have um as you were talking about especially as being uh, young and not knowing how to manage and I mean all of this when it comes to you know businesses taking advantage of of kids because I was talking about that today with somebody about how I can get a $50,000 loan or I, it's a cumulative because you know you take out different loans every semester Um, when you know in undergraduate when you're 18 all the way up to 22, 23 um, but if I wanted to start a business at 18, you're not going to give me, or at 22, you're not going to give me $50,000. So it's just, is it, is to me is, um, I guess the word would be asinine. It's, it's crazy how <clears throat> that applies. Uh, cause you know that many people can't pay that back. I mean, even if I did get a job making let's say a hundred K and I got fifty thousand dollars in student loans. But what about if I get a family, a house, or, um, you know, let's say I I could get sick. Something could happen to me where I couldn't work. So and then you know their interest never stops uh, accumulating. And it's so much that goes into that, but is it's what America we know is a beastly system. Is the basically Babylon that scripture talks about that um is gonna play a huge part um <clears throat> in end times so and yeshua say it's gonna be like noah's time again and i really really am seeing it now the older i get because this world is just so corrupt and it's so wicked like not even just looking on the news every day if you you're just talking to people and just listening to their thoughts um it's like how could you even think that way how could you think that you would be okay with harming somebody else just because they may have said something or did something you didn't like. Um, but these are our grown people I'm talking to. So is the thing that comes to mind, like I said, was that uh, verse, but it's just this world is so corrupt. And uh, Yeshua talked about that. It's really the, uh, the I guess you would say today, the church leaders. The church leaders are the ones because it talks about how they will make those that follow them even more 
um, corrupt than they are. Um, because they're teaching such hypocrisy. And there's so much of that going on in the world that nobody can really, uh, I shouldn't say nobody can't, but they're, people are having a hard time grasping on the truth and living by it. Yeah, man. Um, that scripture you said about, you know, uh, the nature of man, they just got, you know, so bad. It like, seemed like that all they could think about was wickedness. It's definitely true. And it's definitely true when you said that you, if you just go out and like talk to people, you see like the way of man and how, you know, the nature of man is um, darkness, you know, it's cut off from life. Um, you hear that so much, you know, people talk about how, you know, so-and-so should get so-and-so. I wouldn't feel bad for so-and-so if this happened to them because of this, this, that, and the other. And it's just like, man, you know, but the story will change if there was you in that seat, though. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you're right. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just amazing to see, you know, man, I'm telling you, when you get into the scripture for real, for real, and you study this scripture for real, for real, like, I think in um, Ecclesiastes, it said, with, with uh, great wisdom co- comes great sorrow. When you start to really understand things and see things for what they really are, you know, it can get kind of, um, you know, uh, saddening sometimes. I know one thing I really had to deal with a lot. That's an example of this was when I gained a lot of knowledge of, you know, business purpose, you know, going out here and practicing principles for success and stuff like that. I would look back at myself when I was in college and the lack of what I did, I'd get mad at myself. You know, I'd get sad. Like, man, I wasted so much time. I did this. I did that. But you shouldn't let that, you know, um, stop you. But back on point. Yeah, man. Um, to see the world and stuff the way it is uh, after reading scripture and coming into the knowledge, it is like. You know, it's, it's, it's just you really do see, like you said, how things can uh, start going back to the way they were in the times of Noah. You know, I mean, it's certain stuff that you see that, you know, mainstream media and stuff don't address, you know, like they had uh, the little kids at the LGBTQ plus parades, you know, and makeup and skimpy outfits, you know, twerking and doing all this stuff and uh, elders all around, you know, rooting them on and telling them they should be doing this and that and other, you know, making them feel good doing that and putting their doctrine into them. I mean, it is getting wild out here, you know, and we have to make sure um, as born again believers that we stay fast and hold on, that we stay steadfast and hold on to the light and that we train our kids in the way that they should go. Because we, you know, uh, Miles Monroe said in, the, uh, in an interview, well, in a video I was watching today, that uh, darkness takes over when light is absent. Absent, um, You know, fools run amok when, you know, the wise um, don't say anything or when they lay idle. You know, we need to make sure that we're out here, you know, combating this and doing our part you know, to make sure that some light is shining in the world because, you know, the, the, the devil, he's not taking a day off, period. You're completely right, man. Um, and what what makes it a whole lot easier, I'll say this to say, to stay grounded is uh, being disciplined. Um, and that's something that's not taught in modern day Christianity is it, it's, it's all about like how we talked about before 
going by your feelings, but being disciplined. And this is for believers being disciplined um, in your faith, because we know that discipline means self-imposed rules. What are you doing every day? Because one thing that really helped me was when um, Dr. Larry said that by nature, we are creatures of habit. Like they hit me like a brick. Um, because I thought about, it. I'm like, everything I do is habitual. I'm like, and I was talking to somebody today. I'm like, why is it that when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth? And he was like, because um, that's what I was taught, you know, so I just continue to do it. I'm like, what if somebody told you every day you get up, start writing a different program, learn a different programming language, and you start doing that, you know, at the age of five, six, seven. I actually know somebody that did this. But, um, and, you know, Amazon was seeking him out. But I'm just like, you did that every day. You worked on a skill set every day. And it's the same thing when it comes to the faith. You apply that principle of being disciplined. Uh, scripture talks about how Yeshua would pray. Uh, you know, it talks about how he would pray at night. He would get up in the morning and pray. Yeshua was praying for hours. And then he would go perform miracles, signs, and wonders. It wasn't, you know, he just uh, say these shotgun prayers that many people do today. Like, he spent time in the presence. And when he did that, and uh, the Father revealed this to me, um, I said the Holy Spirit revealed this to me, that that's what really changed Yeshua was, um, I mean, he was already like, uh, I mean, he, he was Elohim in a body, but one thing that really helped change his, what should I say, I should say converge his spiritual life or uh, give it the push that it needed was that him spending time in prayer the way he did. That's what really helped set him up to perform those miracle signs and wonders. And many people today, we're so consumed by entertainment, so consumed by uh, different things in the world that are just getting our minds distracted. We're constantly, information is constantly being pushed at us. I, I'm, man, is what it, it's so hard to watch some stuff now, watching comedies, watching Different shows, just me and Tori watching um, a movie one time, and it was like this one scene where they had these kids sitting around in a circle. One kid had on a baf Baphomet hel helmet, and um, it was just like it was just like a flash of it. And I'm just like, they just subtly putting this stuff in movies, and it's so much demonic, <coughs> excuse me, images going on, and people are just so desensitized to it that it doesn't even affect them. And I'm just like, Satan is, he's not, you know, subtle anymore. He's right there in your face. So it, one thing about believers, we have to be really disciplined in our faith and we have to be grounded. And if we're not doing that, I mean, we'll be uh, tossed just to and fro by, by every teaching. We'll be, you, you know, pulling down strongholds will become a lot harder. If you're not spending time in the presence, then you're not receiving what you need in your life. You're not receiving what you need to complete uh, your purpose, your vision, you know, your destiny, what the father put you on this earth to do. How can you, um, somebody said this, I think I was on Facebook, they were talking about, we can't know the thoughts of Yahweh, but I'm like, that's not true, because in First Corinthians, it tells us that we have the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit, we know the thoughts that he has uh, towards us or for us, and I'm thinking, if you're not spending time with him, then you don't know his thoughts that he has for you. You don't know what it is in the earth that he has for you. All the thing you're going based off of is head knowledge. And if you're living based off of head knowledge, then you're limiting yourself. Because 
our spirits are very intelligent. Our spirits pick up on a whole lot. Like I know instances where I've made decisions based off of things that I received in in a spirit, and then that was something I, I would have never seen or received in the natural. Um, and I throw a nugget in there. Um, listen to your wife because <laughs> women are uh, more susceptible to, to the spirit than we than men are sometimes. But but yeah, uh, spending time in the presence is really needed. And if a believer is absent of that, then they're not uh, living up to their full potential. Head knowledge is very, very, very limited, especially when you look at that humans only use 10% of their brain power right now. Is it 10%, 20%? It's a very small percent. But uh, man, that point that you hit about you know, how you sure spend time in prayer and stuff like that. It's it's so true, man. Like, I used to be the person so much to where I would just read. And, I mean, you know this. I read Word all day, you know, all day, every day, constantly. And I wouldn't, you know, spend a lot of time in prayer. And when I look back on those times, I could see how the strongholds that I really didn't know I had um, really, you know, governed my life. And, um, you know, with, I'd say a lot, a lot of the strongholds that I really realized I've had really came from, um, family interactions in the past. And now that I've had, I have my own family, you know, wife and kids, a lot of those strongholds try to rear their uh, heads and, you know, uh, do things in your life, you know, try to make you do this, try to make you upset really fast and this and that and the other. But, Man, when I tell you, like, the power of prayer, man, like, the power of actually, like, going and, you know, speaking in your heavenly language, what the scripture tells you, you know, the the scripture, uh, I mean, uh, the Holy Spirit to make, you know, um, intercession for you and it'll speak things, you know, that you know not uh, that you should pray and that it'll edify you and stuff like that, man. When I When I tell you, like, just seeing the change in my life, you know, of how better I'm able to handle things, you know, situations that, you know, a normal person would be like, I just can't deal with this. You know, I, I, I can't deal with this to truly just go, you know, and pray in your spirit and walk by the spirit, you know, and, you know, uh, edify yourself. You'll find yourself being able to deal with things that you really weren't able to, you know, take on your own power at first, you know? And when I just see like how, you know, when you allow the father to work in your life, you know, like he says, you know, just give all your burdens to him for he cares when you truly give it over to him and just say, you know, father, I, I can't do this. You know, like me of myself, like, me of the flesh with these strongholds and these things that I deal with, like me, myself, I can't do this. Like, I want to give it over to you. I want to repent for these things. You know, I want to, you know, take these things up out of my life. And I know I can't do it on my own power. I need you to do it for me. Like, you know, it's, it's just paramount. I guess that's my testimony for the day right now, man. It's just actually going in, in prayer and, you know, like you say, how much time you're sure spending prayer. You will see change in your life. Like, I'm a living testimony. You will see changes in your life. Stuff that you would never thought you'd be able to change or deal with. You will see, like, this this word come to life in your life. You definitely will. Um, and one thing, I meant to 
bring this up when you said it, when you were talking about Dr. Miles Monroe talked about one who turned their ear away from um, hearing the word. I, there's a scripture, even um, the one that turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. So if you're not, um, if you're praying, and this is one thing that I've been trying to get out for years to people <clears throat> or explain to people. Elohim is not a genie. Um, you don't tell him what you want and you don't wish for this and wish for that. Um, that's not how it works. Um, especially if you're not born again. Um, because we're supposed to be praying his will. If you don't know scripture, then you don't know how to pray. Uh, they go hand in hand because if I if I know my rights, if I know that I'm a kingdom citizen, then I know um, what I need to pray in order for things to happen. I know I know the different types of prayer, and one thing that I've really been um, what should I say? Well, one thing that the Father's really been dealing with me lately on is you know um, teaching, like really looking at scripture uh, and seeing that those that were there um, to equip the body of the Messiah, um, the believers, it talks about the apostles, prophets, uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all those there, they were there to teach. Um, and that's what scripture talks about, like the apostle Sheol, Paul, he was a teacher. And a lot of times we see it when it, it, it's just religion has really gotten in the way of a lot of believers uh, because they don't understand their rights. It's all about emotion. And I mean, many people know the basis, like I was talking about salvation, but they don't understand the other things. And Paul talked about that, how many are still on baby food when they should uh, be eating meat those that haven't matured, but, but you need to be, you know, maturing in the faith. And it, it's a direct, I mean, it really comes from religion, but yeah, we have to understand that the things that are in scripture, they are there to teach us how to live. It's all about principles. It's about a doctrine. You have to understand that there are law systems in place that Elohim is not, um, I guess you would say a, a God that just make things happen just because. And, and, you know, many people think good things happen in their life when it comes to good job. I don't, I don't know why all people, when they get a good job, they just, oh, thank God and, and uh, different things. And when they graduate, thank God. And I'd be thinking to myself, I'm like, he ain't got nothing to do with, do with that. That was you. But it's so much of, what should I say, so much of ignorance being passed along. <laughs> And people are not really seeing how um, to really, number one, live, um, number two, pray, and number three, how to be an ambassador. Because the direct reflection, because you hear a lot of people say that they're a Christian, but they're, I mean, they believe in, in gay marriage. They believe, um, what's another one? They believe, like, we were talking about harming people. They believe in stuff like that. But scripture talks right about there, Christian. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They are. But it is that they're, they're not. You can't be if you're ambassadors, then they're living in darkness. Um 
and that's one thing that, that just really needs to change. And the thing that I've just been saying is that a lot of this is teaching and I'm starting to see that like I, I'm trying to plan out my own like lesson plan in order to teach myself from scripture because um and our shepherd's been saying it for a while like we go to college to get these degrees we sit in the classrooms and learn and, and study all these different things so we can graduate and get a job but i'm like when it comes to scripture we'll read uh people will read a devotion a day and be good and that's my thing with it man is just people are religion man it's just we 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 can't go a podcast without mentioning it but <laughs> but religion man it's 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 horrible just the fact, the fact that people will you know you know i'm in the in the gaming community and stuff like that and you will see so much time you know people putting in the games to learn on the in and out front and back the different matchups the, the pros and cons of their characters you know mixing it in with their different style of play and stuff like that it takes hours upon hours upon hours thousands of hours to put into this game to get that well uh you know uh, that well in the knowledge that you have of that game but when it comes to, you know, uh, Elohim and stuff like that, like you said, you know, study to show yourself approved. I mean, that's good with just reading your, like you said, your devotion, just on the way to work. You know, you got your one scripture where it's really most of these things ain't nothing but something to make you feel good, not teach you nothing. And then you're good with that. You know, one of that each day a week, go listen to what your pastor tell you. And then you good, man. You know, I'm, I'm learning and I'm doing this and that. You know, like just horrible ambassadors. You don't, you don't know. You don't just don't know nothing. You know, it it really kills me when you have certain people who will sit here and you know quote certain scriptures, or if they so so happen to get into a conversation where you have to talk about you know um, spirituality and stuff like that, they'll just quote their little stuff that they you know then download to them them to you know uh, regurgitate you know, uh, from the last time that they studied the scripture, you know, eight years ago and stuff like that. Or people will be wanting to tell you about, you know, what well, the Lord is this and the Lord is that. It's like, you don't read no scripture, though. You don't spend no time studying. My goodness, do you know how much time we, we had to spend learning the Hebrew language? You know what I'm saying? Constantly going over it, you know, learning the different meanings, you know, the actual words that spell out that actual word you know, uh, going over it and then taking that and incorporating that to go and actually, you know, uh, study the scriptures out and then sit there and meditate and let the Holy Spirit illuminate something to you. I mean, this stuff takes time. To be a true ambassador and stuff like that, to learn and represent your government, it takes time. You got to study. You just can't be out here, you know, talking about, well, you know, I'm I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord and stuff. We ain't no soldiers anyway. You know, these <laughs> just quotes and stuff that y'all got. You know, like, man, like, horrible ambassadorship. That's that's one thing that, you know, you know, and it, it's, I just know it goes along with my purpose because one thing that Elohim, I know that Elohim has for me is that I'm, you know, uh, I'm a teacher, which makes sense that we're in the ministry that we're in because pastor says, you know, pastor is a teacher of teachers. You know, one thing I, I just can't stand is just, you know, ignorance, you know, silly stuff, you know, just these horrible ambassadors. Y'all don't know nothing, but you want to claim that, you know, our father. No, you don't. You know, you, you know, this 
this this this religion or this game that you playing. You don't know the father and who he truly is. And then you go out here and you have people thinking that the father is some game or something that they can play with him, that you can live life any type of way you want and still go to heaven. No, you ain't going. You ain't have to do them like that. <laughs> yeah, they clicked off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, man. And I think we out of time. <laughs> yeah we definitely over the the hour mark so yes once again we thank you guys for if you made it this far we really appreciate it <laughs> but um yeah once again thank you guys uh so much for uh staying tuned this far with us uh we hope once again that you will come back next week uh for more kingdom conversation and shalom shalom <laughs>